Welcome to Screen Actors Guild, where we explore Oscar-winning actors and the embarrassing films they'd rather forget. I am your host, Michelle. Um, the EGOT actress who decided to put herself opposite a giant dinosaur as a bonus career move in the early 90s. I am Whoopi Goldberg. I'm, I'm Henry, the giant dinosaur who every viewer has to want to murder. Oh my god. Okay, let's start off with the fact that it is my birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Michelle. And I chose this movie, and I did this to myself. So... Uh, gift. It's a gift that I gave me. Mm-hmm. And it's a gift I wish I could return. Where are yeah. you on the, like, on the scale of movies that you've hated? Where does this one fall for you? I'm interested to know. Yeah, so, uh, the, so the movie Theodore Rex is the movie you're asking about here? Yep, yep. I, I would say that Theodore Rex, starring Whoopi Goldberg, <laughs> is, like, the it's the least pleasant movie to watch that we've had. It has been the hardest movie to watch that we've had. I right? don't. I do not believe it is the worst movie we have watched. Uh, it's. I don't think it's the most objectionable, but it is the hardest to watch. Yeah. Of every movie we've watched. Yeah. Like I'm still holding. We've got a couple movies that are like the most morally reprehensible, or like mm-hmm. just foul, like bad yeah, taste. It's no highway. Yeah, yeah. Highway yeah. makes me still cringe just thinking about the dialogue. But I could sit through Highway and, like, there was a satisfaction in hate watching it because I knew that no human could enjoy this movie and that Mm -hmm. it got what it deserved. And it was also made with, like, $2. So, like, you know, it was this a shitty indie thing, which you can only hate so much. I mean, you can hate it maximum amount, but, like, it doesn't need any help being the worst movie, you know? Theodore Rex, on the other hand, this is... The most expensive straight-to-video movie ever made. This movie cost $35 million. Yeah. Like... They thought it was going to be a real big deal, which I want to interview so many people oh my that God. were involved in the creation of this. Oh, it Okay, it tested so badly with American audiences that they made it go straight to VHS, because it came out in 1999... <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then it got like it got a theatrical release in a handful of European countries, Japan, South Africa, I think, like just sort of like a a smorgasbord of the countries that will watch any English speaking countries that will watch most things. Yeah, but I have to say, out of everything we've watched, I have never fidgeted around and moved my body around in my chair and tried to just physically escape from a movie as much as I did watching this. Um, about an hour in, I know I texted you this, <laughs> I was alone watching this movie just upstairs in my house, and, <laughs> and I was, had my hands covering my eyes, and I was just yelling at the ceiling, <laughs> no more, no more, because there was so much relentless sound effect work happening in any given scene the foley the foley work is insane it was very clear that they did all of the voiceover actors alone in a booth opposite no one and so Mm -hmm. each voiceover Mm -hmm. actor was just in a void doing whatever they were doing and in order to make it seem like an actual dialogue they tried to overlay 
all of the dialogue on each other. So they're stepping on each other's lines the entire time. It's like a dinosaur talking over Whoopi Goldberg, talking over a different dinosaur. But meanwhile, Uh in the background, there's like a song that has lyrics and then like four other people talking and then just like a fart sound effect that they dropped in about every 30 seconds to make me lose my mind. Yeah, how... So we should... We should say with this movie, like, this is Theodore, Theodore Rex, Rex, 1995. This is our Whoopi Goldberg episode. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg, who won for Ghost. She's a wonderful actress. Wait, did she, she win for Ghost and not the color? I mean. I thought she won for Ghost. Oh, shit. Well, uh, good for her, because Ghost is awesome. I love Ghost. Uh, let's just double check that, though. I don't want to get Whoopi Goldberg wrong. Uh, I, I thought she won for the color. She won for both. The color purple. No, no, she was and... nominated for color purple. She won for Ghost. Hell yeah. So she'd been an Oscar winner for four years before she made this movie. Oh, my God. This is not one of those, like, early ones where, whoopsie-daisy, mm-hmm. you were in highway. Uh, this Kind of had, whoopie at the top of her game, right? Like, yeah, mid to late whoopie. 90s is, like, peak whoopie. Yeah. Uh, right, this is, like, sister act era. Yeah, exactly. Right? She was such a yeah. bankable, like, A-list actress. And she looks great in this movie, by the way. Like, I was... I was like, oh my god, she's so young. She's like wearing this little leather outfit the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so fucked that she had to be in this movie. And by had to be, I do mean had to be. Had to be, yeah. Be- Tell the story. <laughs> okay. We'll get into like Theodore Rex and what it's about in a second. But basically, this movie is such dog shit that. <laughs> into its production or like right at the top of production she tried to quit and back out and the director of this movie um a one jonathan betul sued her for 20 million dollars 20 million dollars and they had to settle out of court and basically the agreement ended up being that instead of five million she got paid seven million dollars to do this movie so they like increased her rate But she did have to do this movie. And so, like, knowing that going in, I'm watching every scene like a person being held hostage. Like, And you can tell sometimes how much she doesn't want to be in it as she's filming. Yeah, like, you know that at the end of every sentence that she utters, she wants to end the sentence with motherfucker. Just like, (laughs) (laughs) such contempt for the thing she's doing. And she was not shy about talking shit, like, after it was over. Oh, really? Oh, this poor woman. Yeah, EGOT. Like, mm-hmm. I think maybe the only EGOT we've done so far, right? On the podcast? I think that's right. I think that's right. What would she yeah, have won a... Yeah, there's only a handful. What would she have won a Grammy for? Like, did she do stand-up? Spoke, or probably a spoken word or something, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, All right, let's find out. I mean, Whoopi... Yeah, Whoopi in the 90s was an institution. Like... So, so many things that I watched her and she was like one of the, as a little tiny kid who knew like zero celebrities, because as a tiny little kid, it was like Robin Williams, Whoopi Goldberg, like the two yeah, people I could name off the top one. of my head. She was just in everything and everything was good. She was such an institution as a child in the 90s that they just put her in Little Rascals, the movie. <laughs> yeah. and, the, and like she's on screen for a second. Yeah. They both, like all the kids say, Whoopi! And like you know mug at the camera and like everybody's like great Whoopi Goldberg's in this movie we all said her name because every child <laughs> knows her and then we're gonna move on with the movie we're not talking about little rascals here but uh yeah I mean she was so bankable she was I can't even think of a corollary remember when she was in Baby Geniuses 2 remember she was in Babby 2 <gasps> 
was in Baby Jesus. She was in Babby too. She worked with Kahuna. She worked with the big Kahuna. She did some Kahuna cameo. So, like, I oh guess there's God. a part of Whoopi that just needed to, like, I mean, she was down for for a paycheck. I think that this... She's not discerning in her movies, but... But I feel like... Discerning enough to try to get out of this. And I have to say, okay, so when we were trying to pick the movie, I was pretty willing to punish my poor dear friend Henry here and make him watch something way longer and way shittier, but I backed out. So I was like, no, no, no. Let's Very do tight. let's do something that's a little easier on our um, collective psyche. And that was this movie. Because so I was like, yeah, got really bad reviews. But it's a kid's movie starring, like, a big animatronic dinosaur. Like, how bad could it be? It's probably just standard issue, shitty kid's movie, like, like a babby, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so much worse than that. And, like, it's the rare movie where it's awful and intolerable. And if you took out the main character, mm-hmm. it's fine. Like, yeah. it's not, uh, it's not great, but it's... Not claw your eyes out, impossible to watch. Yes. This, re- this movie required breaks. It is 90 minutes long. It required multiple breaks. I was already checking the runtime like a good 40 minutes in. Like, it's got to be over mm-hmm. soon, right? And I did that every 10 minutes for the rest of the movie because in- within contained within every 10 minutes, I lived a lifetime. And that lifetime was a <laughs> lifetime of oppression. <laughs> like, I don't, I really don't know. Like, I'm glad it's not just me because I thought maybe something was wrong with me that night that I was losing my goddamn mind. But no, no it's both no, of us and this movie really is that bad. The, so the plot of the movie. <sighs> yeah. It's the fun things. I'm, I wasn't sure if this was a children's movie. I, like my, part of my question was like, who is this movie for? Yeah. Because, because if it is a children's movie, it's a children's movie about murder and genocide. There's so like, much of that. He's. There's a lot of gun. Sh- there's a lot of gun shooting. Yes, and he is so Theodore Rex, who is never called Theodore Rex in at any point in the movie. No, he's known as Teddy. <laughs> he's just Teddy. Uh, he's Teddy Rex. Uh, he's a dinosaur. Dinosaurs coexist with people because they were brought back by a French billionaire, uh, but they're like sentient and they talk, and that's like that's never that's sort of a, eventually obliquely explained. Yeah, uh, but he's. He's like a diversity hire in the police department. Yeah. <laughs> Explicitly. Yes. And and then they make him uh, like a patsy detective to investigate a murder. A murder mm-hmm. in a child movie. A double murder. Mm-hmm. And he's paired with Whoopi Goldberg, who's like a woman cyborg detective. Okay. So <laughs> I had to I have to say, um, the way they chose to reveal that she is part robot. It comes in, like, the third act. Yes. (laughs) It's like, um, are you familiar with the episode of The Office where Steve, where Michael writes a movie and he makes a whole movie and in it Dwight thinks that he's a robot, but Steve Carell's like, no, he's not a robot. He's not a robot. (laughs) And then at the very end, he's like, oh, yeah, I let him be a robot because he's, like, oiling his, like, gears (laughs) and, and he just forgot that that was part of the movie. That is what this feels like. It's like, oh, yeah, no, she's a human woman walking around, just a human lady. They keep calling her, um, like, a soft skin. 
in order yeah. which is like a very creepy like <laughs> deeply <laughs> so unpleasant. much weird sci-fi that doesn't apply to kids and then it's like maybe 20 30 minutes before the movie's over they include this little bit about her having like a circuit board and being more human than human because of like the something something like ballistics interface <laughs> like which also doesn't what? more human than human doesn't make any sense no. when you're it was circuit board attached to you so <laughs> this this movie Ugh. is it's difficult to watch for a bunch of reasons one the like the art direction of it looks like somebody like took pcp and then tried to recreate peewee's playhouse yeah like it's really technicolor like these giant set pieces mm-hmm. uh it's got a little bit of like Tim Burton's Afterwash. Yeah. Uh, which is taking a lot of like rejects from Tim Burton from like Tim Burton sets. Uh, and then every now and then like a little bit of Rugrats, a little bit of the food fight scene from Hook. Like oh, yeah. very uh, very Technicolor, really outlandish. Uh, and like that's that's not the worst thing about this movie by any stretch of the imagination. But it gives you a sense of, like, what they're trying to build here. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, it has that... It was before CGI could do much. So instead, they had to do everything, like, practical effects. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's all... They built these elaborate but shitty sets. So it's like, you know, a street scene is a street scene. Like, you could have visited Studio City and unfortunately stumbled across this situation. Because they... Like work was done here. They put thirty five million dollars to to they, good use. Yeah. They built a lot of human sized puppets. It looks like the like the dinosaurs sitcom. Like all the dinosaurs look like the dinosaurs and dinosaurs. I was actually curious if they're like repurposing some of that or if it was the same person that built them. Yeah, because that was were those those were Jim Henson's dinosaurs in the show Dinosaurs, right? Yes, right. And this. I will say, I'm not going to give this movie many compliments, but the dinosaurs did look kind of fun and cool. If they had been yeah. used in a better way and they had figured out how um, how voiceovers work and how to mix sound for that, mm-hmm. <laughs> it could have been cool because I found myself being like, oh, that's like a fun, weird little dinosaur. Like, that's a cool thing to include. Their lips were able to kind of move. They're... Yes, I did say dinosaur lips. <laughs> Their lips yes, were able so to move many. around. They kind of had like a little bit of a sophisticated animatronic thing going on. If this movie hadn't been so shitty, it could have been kind of fun to watch in like a campy little kid way. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> the plot though. Yeah. Not little uh, kitty. No. So we meet Theodore Rex, Teddy Rex, in his apartment. And I'm going to stop you real quick. Hotel room. What? (laughs) You think it's an apartment and it reads like an apartment on the inside because he's got a dog and he's like got decor. But then when they zoom out and do an exterior, it says the Dino Hotel. Hmm. Huh. There's like a big neon sign and it says Dino Hotel. So he lives permanently within a hotel. (laughs) (laughs) That was the first thing I wrote down. (laughs) Interesting. So I was only able to watch this movie on YouTube. So you sent me a pirated Russian copy of this. Hell it yeah. Much, much like uh, Head in the Clouds, this movie has been scrubbed from the internet. Oh yeah. Fucking impossible. You cannot rent it. You cannot buy it. You can purchase a DVD and have it delivered to you. But like yep. hard to find. Yeah. Uh, the 
the one you sent me didn't play on my computer, so I was only able to find it on YouTube. Amazing. And the it's like a you know old fashioned bootleg where I think somebody filmed. A, like a TV version of it. Ugh. So it is extremely low definition. Ugh. So I got aspects of it. But some of the visuals, you are going to have to explain to me because I did not, <laughs> was not able to catch. Because the thing I just mentioned the, the to, nuances. to your eyes, the neon sign I just mentioned was just six pixels of different colors. <laughs> it was like before I got glasses where everything was just like blur over there. And I just assumed that's what it was supposed to look like. Ugh. Uh I can't even imagine yeah. how frustrating it would be if you couldn't even enjoy looking at this no, movie because no, listening movie to it is bar none the worst part. It's awful. It's awful. <laughs> so Theodore Rex, mm-hmm. Teddy Rex, in his hotel room, based on the context clues, Michelle, how old is he supposed to be? I don't know. <laughs> is he 16 or is he fucking 40? Or is he 10? He has has a bunch of toy cars. (laughs) He has letter building blocks. Like the blocks that you give to a baby. (laughs) But they're giant. They're his size. (laughs) He he makes like vroom vroom sounds with his car. So he like plays with them like a little baby boy does. He did that while trying to seduce a lounge singer. Like... There's a chance of a Vincent adult man in a fucking dinosaur body. Oh my god, I didn't notice the building blocks. Okay, I will say that, like, besides the fact that he lives in a hotel, after one of the first notes I made, and one of the things I continued to underline, is that I think this movie was written by little babies. (laughs) Yes, it's got real baby written by. Just like, like a few little babies. Tried their best with the amount of English they had and just copy-pasting from movies that their parents had lying around, which are way too adult for them to be exposed to. Yes, it's a lot of murder. We, yeah, plus murder. The, I, I was wondering throughout watching this, if to what degree it was written. Because it's... Yes. The, the sounds that come out of the actor's mouths... Uh, particularly Teddy Rex, are I? It's hard to imagine them written down because it is such a psychotic stream of consciousness. Oh my god! Of a of a cripplingly insecure person forced to interact constantly with people, like he's just non-stop talking. What it reminded me of, yes, was fucking all about Steve. It reminded me of Sandra Bullock and all about Steve, but like yeah. taken up to eleven way more stream of consciousness than that character that I fucking hate. Constant so much. monologuing. Here's the difference though. Sandra Bullock is constantly monologuing at people and she's projecting her voice. <laughs> that's, and that's what fair. what it felt like happened in this movie is that they put whoever that guy was that did the voice of the Teddy Rex in the sound booth and then they they like gave him like a good 15, 20 minutes, like just warm yourself up, you know, do some takes, just practice do what you got to do to get into character and then we'll start recording but they were recording the whole time and so what you're getting is this neurotic warm-up where they used all the audio all the audio available and there's so many moments where he's just like maybe it's maybe i should go oh i should walk over here oh oh who's that and it's just it's 90 minutes of that yeah, and that and that runs in the background no matter who's talking or what's going on. There's just a guy <laughs> who's nervous about being at work 
but the microphone is in his larynx and it's <laughs> and he's whispering all of his most secret fears and insecurities so it's happening at like a low volume but it's never not <laughs> happening and it's just happening like this and it's not sound like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it it made me want to crawl out of my body and like wither away. And he's like, he's narrating the smallest minutia of what he's doing at all times. Yes. Like, oh, go, go, into, go to the bathroom, get in the shower, get in the shower. Oh, the water's too cold. Oh, it's too hot. Don't flush. He lives alone. <laughs> uh, oh, brush my teeth. A little toothbrush action. Da, 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 da. Like, just constantly from the beginning to the end of the movie, it never ends. Okay, freshen up here, Teddy. Here we go. Let's see. No stubble as usual. Ooh, it's cold, 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 cold. Ah, ah, warm. Ah, perfect. <laughs> Don't flush. Hey! Hoi! Hi! Ah. Walk like me. Right. Like you. Tip. Toe. Stop with the tip, tip. Don't tip, tip. Just tip toe. And okay. what is that smell? Is that you? It's not me. How can it be me? Did you? Look, I didn't butt trumpet. One of these Fine. things is leaking. Fine. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just looking at the, uh, the the words I wrote down on paper indicate someone who was having an episode. I wrote, I can't <laughs> believe how much I hate this. And then I am having a meltdown. And then <laughs> this is my impression of what it was like to listen to the part of the movie that most made me lose my mind. Give us the weapons, girly boy. Oh, we need the weapons. <laughs> we need the weapons. Do you got it? Fart noise. Squeal. Incoherent mumbling. <laughs> hey, there they go. Explosion. <laughs> oh, hi, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I couldn't handle it. Yeah, that captured it fucking exactly right. Like like a baby got a hold of a soundboard and then just smashed their hands all over the soundboard so they were hitting a bunch of keys at the same time. She's like, be so horny! Honk, honk, awooga! Like, oh my god! <laughs> right. Like a drive-time radio dude recorded himself, sped it up, and made a movie out yeah. of it. Oh, it's exhausting. And all, like, all of the characters either talk in these, like, completely inexplicable patterns or have very strange voices. Yes. Like, you have to choose between one or the other. Uh, so hard to understand every single person other than Whoopi Goldberg. Right. Who still talks like a crazy person. <laughs> I think the first thing yes. that she says is, you've been observed, you've been seen spotted, seen committing a crime, so you're under arrest. Like, you you don't have to repeat yourself three times, Whoopi Goldberg. But, like, somebody wrote her to say that, and clearly she doesn't like saying it. Ugh. And, like... The villains all sound like the weasels from Roger Rabbit, but, like, yeah. apropos of nothing, it's like that plus Jawas a little bit. Like, they're just all very squeaky. It's... What was it's with... like children's squeaks. Remember like. the, like... Remember the thing you hated most about Highlander 2, which was, like, those gross porcupine guys? Yeah, it was like the entire movie was made of them. Yeah, and it's kind of like... Those were, like, the villains. They called them something. They were, like, uh, Zorps or Z something. It was, like, Zapheads. Zapheads. Zapheads, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And they were like the little henchmen that were out causing mischief and also murder. Oh, yeah. This movie has its own slang that it invents. So, like, Zapheads, I thought Zapheads was a slang of, like, some dudes that chase. There's, yeah. It, they have a, I guess, child-friendly slang for horny that they... Wait, what? That they bring back a couple times. Glando! 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 <laughs> 
Whoopi Goldberg accuses Teddy Rex of being Glando multiple times, and they have a whole debate as to whether or not he is Glando. <laughs> like, well, I mean, I guess like you can kind of get there from here of like your glands are sexual, I guess. But like that makes me think about it. Yeah, I don't want that. That's where that's where it becomes not a kids movie because. If they had used the word horny, while that is inappropriate for a kid's movie, it kind of reads like, that's just a word people pick up. And it yeah. shouldn't be in a kid's movie. But, like, Glando has a more, like, visceral, like, your mind has to do three steps in order to kind of find what its origin could have been. And like, What it is, is wet and gushy for wet-ass pussy. Like, it's that level of, you've, you've actually made the thing <laughs> yeah, much worse. I actually thought about that. I was like, there's kind of a segue to talk about. The grim, yeah, that wet and gushy. Well, they also say gushy over and over again in this fucking movie. Yes, exactly. I wrote it down because it was just written by little babies. Boogers, caca, gushy, ewy, yucky, gushy, gushy, gushy. Like, don't, oh my God, stop saying gushy. I need yeah, I please. need you to stop saying gushy. Please don't. Uh, yeah, there's, God, there's so many moments that I, I hated from the beginning to the end of this movie. Uh, but I started writing down early on the biggest running gag really throughout the movie other than like farts and burps is uh teddy's tail that he like <laughs> yeah he keeps he keeps hitting things and i wrote down 15 different things that he hit tail acting is big in this movie tail acting is big but also he has deep control over it so much control is, it's like a it's a yeah he's got a monkey tail he's got a like a prehensile tail he has a prehensile dinosaur tail that he also will periodically like slap a woman's butt with theoretically oh, on yeah. accident but then again maybe not on accident uh because immediately after he slaps a woman's butt with it accidentally he taps the police commissioner on the shoulder with it and then he does that a second time immediately thereafter so like we are told through context yes. that he is knocking all of these things over on purpose mm -hmm. and you know accosting women on purpose there's a moment when he taps the police commissioner on the shoulder i think it's the police commissioner or actually it I can't remember. They're at that gala. There's a police commissioner, and then there's the French man serving the dinner. It's the French man serving the dinner. He taps him on the shoulder, like the little trick you do to people to get them look the opposite way, and then they look your direction, and they're like, ha-ha, you got me. But the reaction that the guy has is he gets tapped on the shoulder, he looks over his shoulder, and then he just walks straight <laughs> ahead and, off and out of frame. And I just sat there being like, did an alien make him do that? That has never been the reaction of anyone who's been tapped on the shoulder ever. Look look over one shoulder. Don't look over the other shoulder. Straight shot. Just walk off camera and just towards a wall, apparently, to find out who did it. Yeah, I, I guess. And it's all over cookies, which this movie has a very strange relationship with cookies. He's a cookie this monster. This points in the direction of child's movie. There are things about this that do not point in the direction of children's movie. For instance, all the weird sexual references and the murders and the genocide. Yeah. But uh, he's he's like, he does, he taps the shoulder to get the Frenchman to leave so he can eat all the cookies. He also has a machine in his house that specifically shoots cookies at the doorway. <laughs> oh, yeah. He catches. <laughs> uh, but it means that that's set up to have a cookie launch toward the doorway. Which they also never use again. Like, that could be kind of an interesting thing. If if villains come into the, yeah. the house, like, you could shoot the cookies at them. Nope. It's just a thing they set up for the one gag in the beginning where he forgets his cookie and has the thing shoot a cookie into his hand. Yep. 
the missed opportunities I in this know. movie. I know. They squandered that one. He's a real cookie monster. And they did write into his character that he is a vegetarian at one point. Mm-hmm. Was vegetarianism trending at that point in the 90s? And they were just like, throw it, it must have in been. there. It must have he been. eats algae now. Yeah. <laughs> He's like eating uh, seaweed out of a dish at a nightclub. Yeah. He... Uh, God, some of the, like, his dialogue is, is challenging this movie. Ugh. The screenplay itself is challenging. There's also, like, dialogue that he that the normal people say that should, I mean, they should just be trying a little bit harder yeah. than they do. So when he's doing the, the tapping on the shoulder and talking to the police commissioner, the billionaire that's, like, created all of this and is sort of the evil mastermind behind this says, he's got a French accent. He says these words in this order. <laughs> Years ago... I created dinosaurs to show how science could change the world. And I did. Huh? That's, that's not a, <laughs> that's not a sentence. That's, years ago, I recreated dinosaurs to show how science could change the world. And I did. That, somebody wrote that sentence and then they filmed it. Uh. And they put it in the movie. Like, those, that, that's almost a sentence. It almost works. But like, it it's not it's not how language no works. that's not how sentences work and like the amount the amount that they expected you to already have understood as the movie begins like it's in the middle of the movie there's oh, a guy on a rollerblades being chased by a truck and then he gets stopped short of getting run over and then guys run out of the truck and then hijack another vehicle and whoopie's trying to bust the bad guys and we don't even know who she is yet but we're just we're just in the middle of a different movie encountering her fighting crime. There's there's also... God. So the movie begins... We didn't even talk about this. With this, like, crawl narration. It talks about <laughs> yeah. Once Upon a Time in the Future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where it's spoken out loud. Like, you can't read. Because probably a lot of the kids can't. Yeah. And it does this backstory that rather than setting the scene for the movie to be like dinosaurs are part of this movie and here's why yeah it just goes in to explain the plot of the movie that's about to come <laughs> yeah it's true but it's not clear when you're watching it so i keep thinking that it's like i thought that was... backstory to how the dinosaurs come to coexist with people yeah but i find out like three fucking three quarters in the movie that it's not it just explained the plot that was to come it really reads like they did a test audience and no one knew what the fuck was happening because i was struggling a lot to figure when i yeah it took me like by the end of the movie i was kind of able to write down what the plot was and what they wanted to be happening but it was pretty clear that they asked a lot of adults in a lot of test groups, and no one could fully tell you what was going on. And they're like, I know. What about at the beginning, we tell you all of it, and then you get right. to see all of it because you're little babies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we will not explain the main premise of the movie to you. No. We will not give you any background to help you understand the movie. We will tell you what's about to happen yes. in the movie. I mean, it's understood that dinosaurs speak English and are part of the police force, you idiot. Uh, um, speaking of the police force yeah when uh when they deputize teddy to become a detective Mm -hmm. uh they give him 
12, like 24 hours to solve the case, which is fun in a murder case on its own. Yeah. Uh, to solve the case by prime time tomorrow, which is, I just think. Because they want him to fail. Yeah. And to, but also to get it on the news when he succeeds. Uh, yeah. And then he tells Whoopi, I don't know, did you catch this? That if she solves the case by tomorrow, he doubles her commission. Commission? Do police get paid by commission? <laughs> What a fucking crazy way to do police. Now, the way we do it now is not great. I will admit, paying police by commission seems extraordinarily bad, future world. That's really, I mean, it's so dystopian, but they didn't mean it like that. I don't no, think they meant no, it that way at all. It never comes back. It's just part of the world. Your only incentive to solve this crime is if we double your commission. That's amazing. Also, so many... Okay, we talked about the gun thing, but, like, I was shocked at how many times someone gets shot with a gun and then dies on impact. Like, normally in a kid's movie, someone gets shot with, like, a little laser, and it's like, pew, pew, and then they miss, and then the person runs away. This movie, you see people hit the deck and not wake up. And, like, that just keeps happening. This movie has two fucking corpses in it. Two corpses (laughs) in, like, morgues. Where the fucking, like, where they're doing a, yeah. a post-mortem. Yeah. Like, this is a children's movie where murder is very real. Rampant and real. Also, they kind of mix, they mix it up a little bit at the end when uh, the evil billionaire is trying to shoot at Whoopi Goldberg and Teddy Rex with his gun and his employee, like, his henchmen are also, like, shooting at them with their guns. And then the net effect is just that they have to stand still for a little while while mm-hmm. lightning bolts trickle mm-hmm. all over their body like the quickening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, I'm there determined to bring every movie. movie back to the quickening. It's the best movie. And then they just stand still for a little while looking kind of tired and then they start moving again. So it can't decide whether everyone's getting murdered or there's no ability to murder. Yeah. And also, like, the... The way that police work works in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not, not only are police played by commission, but they're also given no tools to work with. So yeah. as they're leaving the party where they like become partners, uh, Teddy begins with trying to figure out where the dinosaur that was murdered might be having his autopsy. Uh <laughs> He has to track down his future location. He has to figure out fucking where where the police are doing the autopsy of the murder victim. He's operating by, like, on just a guesswork. He's operating on like an encyclopedia brown level of intel where he's just <laughs> a little boy who's hoping he can figure out how police work and he also does not have a gun, right? He doesn't have a gun. He, does not, and he, he does, refuses to carry a gun. He doesn't believe in and killing. Then, and then he eventually <laughs> decides he should carry a gun and Whoopi Goldberg won't let him. And then he just murders a guy in a different way, which is fun. <laughs> yeah, he does. He totally inadvertently murders a guy right at the end. Like the most violent act in the movie. A guy explodes. Uh, the guy explodes in a ball of fire. Watch his body so explode. The, the first thing they do, well, the second thing they do to investigate, first they go to the morgue where they learn that the dinosaur died of an explosion to his snout, which is... Yeah. The, the doctor says, well, he died in an explosion to his snap. I haven't really looked at the body yet, which is <laughs> bizarre in its own. And the explosion has a shard of butterfly in it, which 
who knows? Yeah. Right? It's eventually explained yeah. in a series of racist things that we'll talk about in a minute. Oh, yeah. uh, and then they uh, they decide they need to go to the dinosaur club to to do investigation. Yes. Because uh, they need to track down... All of the dinosaurs are named Rex, I guess. Their last name and is Rex. Track down the different Rexes. Right. So Oliver Rex... Teddy Rex goes to look for Oliver Rex, who lives with Molly Rex. And uh, he assumes that Oliver Rex and Molly Rex are married. But in fact, they're just roommates. Yeah. Because all the dinosaurs are named Rex. Yep. Uh, just because. Just because. I don't know why. Uh, the, then they go to the dinosaur club called the Extinct Species Club. Uh, oh, and that scene. This, so that scene is troubling. Mm-hmm. I agree. There are parts of it that I really... It's like one of the only things that works for me. Uh, is there There are two dinosaurs that hit on Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, the second both one. Of, both of those really work for me. <laughs> it's the most one confusing like, and it's the funniest to me now. Like, <laughs> so such a long, long, weird moment with her and an animatronic dinosaur. Yeah, the... So that one of the dinosaurs is just like making nonstop eyes and noises at Whoopi. Yes. And Whoopi says out loud, this is making me very nervous. And I was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That landed for me. It's also making me very nervous, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, a different dinosaur bears giant teeth at Whoopi Goldberg. And she says, in this children's movie, yeah. you think you're going to get some tonight, buddy? Uh, dream on. This is a children's movie where she just tells a guy that he's not going to get some. He peels his like lips back <laughs> and reveals a what looks like I don't know like three hundred giant gross teeth, and then he just keeps kind of like grunting and mm-hmm. uh, so you can't say moaning, but like it's a dinosaur moan. He's just like ah, 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 and does that <laughs> for a really 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 long time, and then yeah, she says that to him, and I'm just watching it like, well. I guess that dinosaur wants to get laid <laughs> in this in this children's movie, and then we very quickly get to another thing that reminds you that you're in a children's movie, uh, which is that they so they're talking to uh, this like the witness Molly Rex, uh, the lounge singer, who's a dinosaur, uh, and inexplicably Theodore Rex starts talking in children's pig Latin, which is to say. Not actually pig Latin. Yeah. Uh, he says, Ixne on the funeral A. Which is not... <laughs> and then Whoopi says, get your breath A out of my face A. Like, it's like so dumbed down that they won't say uneral fe like fucking pig Latin. Yeah. Like, they... It's... Yeah. Reads like, it reads like a re-record that they had to do because some mm-hmm. things were lost <laughs> on the intended audience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They must have done such a shotgun blast of test audience because I think initially they like, oh, like slightly more adult and then it had to skew younger over time and then they did a straight to video release to get in on that lucrative straight to video kids market. Mm-hmm. And you can tell mm-hmm. every step of the way you can tell just like this thing was not written for kids this small, but now they had to throw in like a few random things to be like mm, fart noise, fart noise, fart noise. It's definitely for a four year old. Yeah. Yeah. The butt trumpet, which they introduce in this movie. Yeah. Butt uh, trumpet. He also says yeah. like, 
I think he says butt pop or something and referring to a fart. A lot of stuff that were they're trying to invent their own. I didn't pop gas. That's what he says. Right. Cool. It's new slang. It's just in this word. Yeah. Uh, so then, like, they split up for a second. And Whoopi Goldberg goes to the medevac, which is a coroner. And, yeah. like, that's... Movie, that's not what medevac means. <laughs> yeah, no, why even medevac say that? Medevac is short for medical evacuation. Uh, <laughs> this is just a room on a fucking brick and mortar where there's a... It's a coroner. Yeah. I, I, you could say corner. Maybe children don't know what corner is, but medevac is like a thing. It's a, like you didn't even make up a new word. Either you just make up the a wrong word. Yeah, like make up a different futuristic abbreviation for the thing you're trying to convey, or just say the word that like a adult in the room might know. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Split the difference. Say a different thing that actually has an extant meaning. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then Teddy. Like, for whatever reason, they all decide that Teddy's a bad detective because he's dressed for the job wrong. (laughs) And so they send him into a racism machine where they change his clothes and he does like a a goofy uh, stereotypical accent for different peoples. Yeah, he's like in a sombrero doing like a, you know... A Latino impression. He's in a hula skirt, and I think he's just kind of making vague hula noises. I forget what yeah. else he does. He's he's there are some of the less objectionable ones are the Viking, the Scottish opera guy, singer, and then the Scottish stereotype. Yeah, uh, and then it was when morphing like, was a big deal because this was the right. morphing technology where they were able to like take two shots of him in different costumes and then like use a little special effect to make it morph into the next image, which. I mean, also, 95, Animorphs. This was a time for morphing, my friends. <laughs> the Mighty Morphin Time. Yes. Uh, and then he gets put in, like, Michael J. Fox Back to the Future clothes and says, I'm too sexy for my clothes. There's, like, all of these weird references to 90s shit that, like, I don't know if they played then. They sure don't play now. Uh, he wasn't too sexy for his clothes because the clothes stay on. He's still wearing the clothes. Still wears them. Yeah. Uh... Then they like. Wait, drive. I'm gonna pause for one moment Please. because yes. this is. Yes. I can't decide if it's a highlight or a low light, but it is a light. Uh, the three way Converse shoe that he wears to cover his like tri toed dinosaur foot. And he's got. It's like. It looks like three pairs of Converse that have been like fused together to make one shoe. <laughs> and I did think that was kind of funny. Um, but then Teddy Rex's dumpy butt in those. Dinosaur oh, jeans. The jeans. For so. for whatever reason, it was deigned not good enough to just cut a hole in a pair of jeans for the tail. They made like a little partial oh, shorts shoot. moment for the tail. Yeah. So he's got two long pairs of pants for his Teddy Rex legs, but then like a little jorts leg for the tail, which is infinitely grosser than there just being an absence <laughs> of leg. Yeah. And I couldn't stop That's looking right. at it. <laughs> it's just like this little protrusion of denim and it makes all the difference <laughs> it's a little tail guide yeah, oh, yeah totally oh. I, even, I just i processed that as his tail hole but you're right there's like an extra foot of fabric it's not an absence of tail. fabric it's a little extra to guide the tail through they must have had a wardrobe issue with like the movement or needing to maybe hide some kind of joint that made the tail move around inside the robotic thing 
I'm sure there's a practical reason, but the the end result is something that I take umbrage with. <laughs> yeah, no, no question. Uh, and then they go to a like a uh, skate hockey, a roller hockey park. I guess whatever that sport is, where you just hit balls yeah. at a net, and that's the end of the <laughs> right. game. <laughs> right, where uh, Whoopi meets up with this child that she has a relationship with. But is not explained in the movie at all. Nope. Like a lot of references to his dad as well, which is not part of it. I think he it's introduced at the beginning. Like I think he's trying to set her up with his dad. He's like, he's a shitty little child actor, and I feel bad railing on him because he's just no, a kid actor. No, please do. I have I have some stuff about this too. But, but this please, kid, yeah. there are just when you've got a $35 million budget and you work in Hollywood, there are so many kids that you have at your disposal who are experienced at least in doing a commercial or uttering one sentence without having right. to pause for like an air break in the middle. But this kid... <laughs> a line read to save their life. Yeah, yeah, this kid is like, how's it going? You should meet my dad later. You should meet him. And it's just like... I mean, was there not a take two? And every every line is like that. It just feels like yeah. this kid's first day on set. And I... Ugh, child actors I, are hard on a good day. They're really bad on a bad day. It's true. I What I wrote down at this moment was, when did child acting get good? Because in the 90s, it seems like it wasn't mostly good. Yeah. They kind of all talked and acted like a fifth grade school play. Yes. Where they're just trying to remember their lines. But, like, that's not how child actors are now, right? Like, you can you put child actors in a movie and they're mostly good. Yeah. So there was a, there's a moment at some point, 9-11 maybe? Uh, <laughs> 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 just, <laughs> Michelle, it's just life became so much more serious. It changed the game. We we the metric for what brought us joy. It had to be raised. Like the metric shifted because we yeah. we required a lot, a higher caliber caliber child actor in a post nine eleven world. People were grounded after that. They, they, there were real stakes in a child's life. When was Dakota Fanning around? Uh, post nine eleven. Uh, Right, for sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe born pre. I think I think we're gonna find that Dakota Fanning is much older than we think she is, and it's gonna be. Oh, she's probably like her. my age. Um, I think she's pretty close to our age. She is twenty-seven. So, oh God. Yeah, yeah. She was so, born ninety-four. And like Little Miss Sunshine, like those child actors that are like very precocious and like have comedic timing. They didn't. They didn't show up until the towers fell. <laughs> I mean, it's true, though. I'm not going to blame 9-11 for it, but it's true. <laughs> Correlation might be causation at this point. Because... Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, those kid blows. Um, he's real bad. And and the, the, roller, the roller hockey scene doesn't make a lot of sense. It's just a ton of kids in paint-splattered clothing. And then... Rex shows up and is able to hit three balls into a net with no obstruction all at once. And then they form a ring around him and like chant his name. And apparently that's, that's mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. It's there. It seemed pretty desperate to create some kind of a hook moment. Like, uh, 
A lot yeah, of stuff like that. There's such hook yeah. thirst. Yeah, <laughs> hook thirst indeed. The oh, I want to tread lightly here, but a lot of people's behavior around Teddy suggests a developmental disability. Like mm-hmm. he is celebrated for minor yes. actions in a way that it just it's all pointing in one direction uh and not to make light of it but i think it's it's worth noting it's among the better and the the movie does not present this except in all of the context (laughs) yeah i mean we see building blocks at the top Right. Clue number he's, one. He's a grown ass man who's like who hits on women, but also plays with cars and makes sound effects while he does it. He's like constantly muttering to yeah. himself. He's like he has a job. They're just sort of paying him to have a job to like make the place look. Good. I mean, it's just yep, yep, yep. Uh, he says butt trumpet. I mean, <laughs> it's a real like yeah. It's it's a real. Uh, it is a diversity hire. That's probably the best, yes. but the diversity may not have been a dinosaur diversity hire. Right. Yeah. At least not exclusively. There are other dinosaurs. Other things at play. Uh, who seem to have their lives together better. Uh, yeah. So we start getting into, at this stage, evidence that Whoopi Goldberg is pretty racist. <laughs> or at least, like, nativist. Because uh, they go to meet... Uh, Kane, the billionaire, as they're like searching down, because all both of the the like the murdered dinosaur and the murdered clone, whatever. Uh, we never get any explanation about the cloning, but yeah, yeah. Uh, they both work for for this billionaire Frenchman, and his his assistant is British, and Whoopi Goldberg just like fake British accents at mm-hmm. her a bunch, and nobody ever acknowledges it, but it's just allowed. Because uh, she's, well, she's pretty snooty, though. She's like, mm, follow. And then she does, like, a little impression, like, ooh, follow. And I feel like we're just living in a world where Whoopi Goldberg is somehow the underdog. And so this this yeah, hoity-toity billionaire's assistant has the upper hand. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're okay with her making fun of her accent, which, whatever, yeah. fine. Uh, and then we get another... There are a couple of, like, Kane, the way that this billionaire character talks and the things that he chooses to say. We talked about the, the like, I did something to prove to science and I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he also says earlier, uh, I, I hate, uh, what is it? Fuck. I hate failure. It reeks of imperfection. Which is just, like, the opposite of how that phrase should probably it go. It reeks. Right? Like, yeah. Like, it's like the problem with failure is that it reeks of imperfection. It's like, I, I think those are the, I think you, you switch those. I think the imperfection, if you're going to be mad at something, the problem with imperfection is it reeks of failure. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, it's a little weird. And then he talks, he's at the, like dinosaur's funeral. Says, <laughs> I'm to blame for Oliver, the dinosaur's yes. murder, because I'm the one that brought the dinosaurs back to life. It's like. Uh, you can't what? have murder without life, it's, I guess. Yeah, that, that's a. It's just like you. Maybe he's a billionaire because his brain works differently than mine. <laughs> uh, but it's it's not how the things are supposed to be. It's like just it's not quite. It's right. got a real. You wish you'd never been born kind of mo- like I'm throwing a teenage like 
trope back at you, person who just passed away. You wish you'd never right. been born, so you wouldn't have the <laughs> opportunity to get murdered in the dark. Yeah, if I hadn't created you, you wouldn't have been murdered. Like, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that's, it's not, it's not, not wrong. True. It's just a very double yeah. negative, confusing way to phrase any thought. It's a, yeah, it's, there's a lot of steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, Real quick. Okay, I actually didn't realize, I couldn't figure out what nationality Kane was, and I thought he was German, kind of. And I, Was a German name, but he's, he's an explicitly French okay, character. Okay, that's good that I didn't realize that. <laughs> good job, me. Also, was Kane the name of uh, the bad guy in Super Babby? Oh, fuck it is, isn't it? <laughs> that's, I think, in, I think that informed the fact, like, it informed my my oh. assumption that he was a German character because I was like, oh, is no. this like John Voigt's like future great, 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 great grandson? Is this like a cane? Is there a, is there a cane verse? What if it's, God. what if it is all cane? All is cane. I- <laughs> there is I- no reality, only cane. Only cane. I would like, that would take this movie up like three or four notches for me. If it is explicitly part of the fucking baby genius, because guess verse. who appears in both movies? That's We've right. We've got a whoopee common denominator. We've got double cane. This is just We've an extended cane verse. Yeah, I want to write that movie. Please, please do. Shouldn't the it, babies uh, come to the rescue of the dinosaurs? It's almost cruel of them to just let them suffer <laughs> in this way. They're super. They're super geniuses. I would think they're super. They know what they're yeah. doing. Uh, in a way that the dinosaurs could no, especially uh, some. It'd be a good, good inversion, right? Uh, so then they like they go to try to find the person that designed the uh, the exploding butterfly, and we we begin the uh, venture into the most racist part of the movie, where the like the coroner kind of says that uh, this. This butter exploding butterfly in techno kill circles. The person's called the toy maker. Techno kill circles never brought up before, never again. <laughs> he runs a dead storage company, never really brought up again. Yeah. Somewhere on the ninja grid, and then it immediately cuts to a man of Asian descent yeah. who's the toy maker. And like, is that what th- is the is the Asian neighborhood? In this movie called The Ninja Grid? Oh, hell yeah. Remember uh, how much the 90s loved ninjas? I mean, there's plenty of ninja love throughout history. But, like, I would <laughs> say, like, late 80s into mid 90s was prime ninja time. Yeah, that's true. Teenage that's Mutant true. Ninja Turtles. Remember Surf Ninjas? Just about right. every kid's movie had a ninja moment or a ninja hero or villain. Kind of depended. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers were ninjas. You they were ninjas. Re- part of it. Part I think of it they was were just, just like buzzwords. Like, what cachet. gets the kids going? Ninja, ninja, well, ninja. Well, although... Then, he is just an Asian man, though. He doesn't appear to have superpowers. He's not a ninja at all. Yeah. He, what he is is he's like a weapons manufacturer. Uh, and he's just so an Whoopi, Asian entrepreneur. Whoopi asks him, are you the toy maker? And he says, I've been called many things. And Whoopi says, what is this, kung fu? And the movie just moves on. God, like, such lazy writing and racist troubling. lazy writing. <laughs> it's troubling. It's not kung fu, uh, by the way. That's not what kung fu is. Whoopee. It's definitely not verbal. Uh, no. 
the and then he sets off a bomb that explodes the entire place but doesn't hurt anybody and i, I wrote down like fireworks th- is yeah that i feel like 90s movies in general really gave our generation the wrong impression about the dangers of giant explosions yeah because this is like they don't even get charred in this one no they're they just there's an explosion around them and then it's like an atmospheric like pyrotechnic situation that you just sort of experience but mm-hmm. you don't feel like it was all mm-hmm. like a green screen that happened right in front of you like a like a VR situation yeah 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 that's right uh the yeah then i guess they like sort of solve the the you know the murder yeah uh, oh no! There's a torture scene, like in a kids movie. Uh, oh, with where they the Zap put him heads? on the rack and then Teddy farts on him. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. As you know, yeah. I feel like the fart jokes really accelerate toward in Act Three of this movie. Yeah, that's when I was clawing at my own eyes because it was so much inner monologuing, but out outer monologuing, I guess, because it was it was out loud, but it was at whisper volume, up, 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 close, <laughs> and then just uh, infinite fart noises. There's he just yeah, sits it, on someone. He just sits on like the weapons dealer and farts on him for a while. Like mm-hmm. these are these are the moments. These are the I feel moments. Like act one is about burps, and act two is about farts. In this mm, yes, so you get a lot of burps early on, and basically True. no burps at the end, but a lot of farts at the end. They do reference his breath a lot at the beginning and his they butt do. a lot at the end. Yeah, that yeah. dumpy, dumpy jorts butt. <laughs> Terrible, bad butt. Uh, then, uh, yeah, then they, like, confront the Kane, the, the billionaire. Who's and, essentially uh, a Mr. Freeze character. Yeah, that's His whole right. deal is that he wants to freeze everything. He wants to, like, save two of each creature and then freeze the Earth. And then he's, like, cryogenically... Cryogenic freezing was also apparently a big oh, 90s trope. big deal in the 90s. Man, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I forgot about that, I guess. But, yeah, he wants to freeze two of everything, a Noah's Ark-type deal. And then once he's eliminated all of the extraneous living beings, he's going to re-inhabit the Earth with his, like... It's like a Matrix uh, warehouse of just, mm-hmm. like, floor-to-ceiling cubes of beings. Yeah. Although... So there's a part of, I mean, you know, it feels silly to tug at logical problems with this movie. No, that's all we got, though. (laughs) Teddy (laughs) comes to, like, confront him. It's like, I'm so glad you're here, Teddy, because your part, like, the woman dinosaur is here. Yeah. Uh, He, by the way, they get the woman dinosaur. Let's zoom back for a second. Teddy brings him over to her house. They dance together for a while. Fall in Uh, love. Then he has to leave. And then she just, like, takes a bath in his house. Because when they come to get, get her, <laughs> I forgot about she's that. taking a bubble bath in this, like, strange man's house. Uh-huh. Which is very, it's very, uh, pers- you know, very friendly. Yeah, it's a weird uh, move. Yeah, it is. Uh, so he's cryogenically frozen, uh, this, you know, Molly Rex, voiced by Carol Kane. And, uh, and th- so he, like, implies that he's excited that Teddy's there. Because Teddy can be the dinosaur partner for Carol King. Mm-hmm. For, uh, for the, He's like, I'm for pleased that you two like each other so much. Exactly. So he has the two dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. But then he fucking shoots Teddy. 
Uh, so <laughs> oh, he's just all over the map with his breeding decisions. <laughs> like, yeah, my dude, you know that 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 fucks you a little bit, right? Uh, yeah, she can't asexually reproduce. What do you think? What's your end game, so. man? Do you want no more T Rexes? You want zero Rex? No Rex? It's, Absence of Rex? It's, pecu- it's peculiar. It's peculiar. He does uh, shoot him, see him get electrified, but can still move his arms and eyes around, and then just walks away walks nonchalantly. Away, so he has fewer fucks to give, I think, than right. we're giving him credit for. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, and then, and this is when Teddy chases down them. He decides to not carry a gun. He uses a lasso to capture the billionaire and then let the, like sort of villain enforcer die in a giant ball of fire. Yeah. Uh, then he gets a medal. Wait, no, there's another thing. The There's, like, the whole time they're counting down to the launch of this, like, nuclear warhead that's going to create a second ice age. Yeah. And the counting is really weird. They're not even giving denominations. It's, like, T minus 100, and then <laughs> T minus 80, and then T minus... 30 and 20 it's and like 10. a fluctuating percentage that just right. kind of depends not... on like atmospheric pressure or something <laughs> right. they are neither seconds nor minutes of this i am certain uh because they're they're counting down to one and that it does explode over the earth but nothing but happens it... and it seems like like he intended for it to happen that way in order to save everyone right like i will wait until it's outside of earth to explode the earth i just feel like if you're going to make the entire movie about some kind of rocket atom bomb that's going to explode everything and then the thing that happens at the end is that you shoot it outside of the earth's atmosphere and explode it it should be clear whether that was on purpose or (laughs) (laughs) i just don't know exactly totally unclear uh but we do know a couple of things. Uh, one, Whoopi decides that she is his partner. And the way that uh, he receives this is tells Whoopi that she said the P word, which is just yeah. baffling. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's, ju- like, it's just, it's beyond kids movie it's like a level of childish Mm -hmm. i don't think they mean any of the p word like i don't think they mean pussy yeah i just think they've decided that p word is what partner is Mm -hmm. and it's like it's sort of in the glando realm yeah it's like it's a glando moment where you're expected to already know what the fuck that means right they've just decided that's how these things go Ugh, glando. then there's like a an award scene where he's made a permanent detective and they're uh, he and Whoopi are going to be partners forever. And then the movie ends with on-screen text that says, See ya. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the movie. And then we're done. That is the movie. It does. It says, See ya. See ya. Yeah. It just feels a little passive-aggressive, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> Like, the editor was just like, guess what? This was months out of my life. I'm never getting back. And good riddance to you, viewer, who made me spend extra time editing in all these voiceover tracks mixed super crazy and very, very close to the actor's mouth. 
I'm done. Goodbye. Uh, um, yeah, I think it goes without saying that the director, quote unquote, retired from directing after this movie. <laughs> <laughs> from everything. He's only credited once after that. Uh, in, oh, he has think- a credit after this? Because it, it definitely said on numerous, uh, like IMDb, etc., that he retired from acting. I'm not convinced that career is the word we would put beneath his name when it comes to director. I feel like he's got yeah. this and this- like, not a lot else. Theodore Rex is the last thing in his uh, in his filmography, except for additional crew on Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Wow! I don't know why or how. He just like drove someone from their trailer to set one day, and they're like, "Give, have. throw him a bone, man! He's trying so hard." Must have his IMDb mini bio though is like it. It's depressing in yeah. the, like, lipstick on a pig that it is attempting to do. Mm. Uh, I, it's not even fun, exactly. Uh, Are we talking, he, like, like a, a TV after-school special level of sadness, or? More like, imagine if Teddy Rex tried to write his own bio. Oh, no. Uh Jonathan uh, Batwell had his first novel, The Dogfighter, published when he was 21. Shortly thereafter, with friends at NYU Film School, he began reading screenplays. Expressive. Visual. Minimal. Jonathan abandoned novel writing, became a fan of these movie blueprints, leading to a desire to pursue a career in screenwriting. Uh, Description of his first movie. uh, Jonathan... Next moved to Hollywood, where he wrote original screenplays and became known as a reliable hired gun to doctor other scripts. He grew attracted to stories that dealt with love, dreams, and challenges. He was ready to direct his original screenplays. Uh, Butel has learned how to build artistic families, like an orchestra that comes together, works in unison, crafts sound moments for all to enjoy and experience. Experience him taught him that a screenplay, like a composer's original musical score, provides the first step, the roadmap for artists to rally around and travel. A screenplay's heart is the emotional core that binds everyone to the filmmaking process. When perfect pitch is achieved, a magic carpet appears to carry us away, (laughs) transporting us in the audience to times and places that only exist in our imagination. Question. This this does not this uh bio is, does not mention Theodore Rex. Is there any outside chance that his mommy did not write that for him? It's got real mommy written vibes. Oh no. Sure. That was heartbreaking to listen to. It feels like when I know. <clears throat> like senior year in high school, I got to have a little art show and I wrote my own bio and I wrote it in third person and it was <laughs> like it was like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just so sad. Oh, poor guy. Well, retired is the right way to... I mean, out to pasture is where we're at, but retired's the way to phrase it that is more kind. Yes. Uh, Do we have... um, Seeing as this was a straight-to-VHS joint, is there, like, a keywords or parental guide? There are plot keywords, yes. Oh, Uh, God, thank you. The parents' guide has one installment. It's actually pretty good. Okay. Uh... I'm going to say these these are, uh, most of them I think are not made in earnest in the same way that the plot keywords or parents guide are made in earnest. I'll just give you that ahead of time. Okay. Uh, the first for, okay, 
uh, plot keywords. Nightmare, exploding car, genocide, <laughs> child kidnapping, yeah. uh, fundraiser, <laughs> uh, animal character name is title, mm-hmm. psychic power, female police officer knockout. Um, knockout in the physical sense or in the... In the descriptive sense. Who's like, to say? Who's to <laughs> unclear. Say? Unclear at this time. Uh, the <laughs> the only parent's guide. Sex and nudity, nothing. Violence and gore, nothing. Profanity, nothing. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking, nothing. Frightening and intense scenes. Severe. The film <laughs> itself and the terrible acting. Uh, one guy wrote that. Mm-hmm. Six of nine found it severe. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it says? Is the byline six of nine found it severe or helpful? Yes. No, they had it severe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Man, I mean, this probably will end up being the only straight-to-video film that we do. I was, no. I'm, there is no way that Baby Geniuses 2, The Legend of Kahuna, was you don't think? a theatrical release. You don't? Uh, oh, I guess you're right. But I'm not 100%. I, mean, I'm, I agree with you. I think there's like a 90 percentile chance that that one never made it to a theater. Yeah. It's hard to say. This was an actor's final movie, which makes me very sad. Oh, no. Who? It was the desk sergeant who's like barely in it. I don't know who that is. He's the guy that sets up uh, Theodore Rex to, uh, to drive the garbage truck. God, um. fuck this movie. yeah the dump truck in which he got all he got all gushy in the back he used Mm -hmm. the word gushy about four times in the back of that dump truck i do remember that this is an actor with 217 credits to his name that the last fucking thing he did was desk sergeant and theodore rex it's fucking irresponsible irresponsible of them to put him in this film that is how i felt about cats i was like you know i feel like judy dinch and ian mckellen have some more years left in him some good fighting him left but nothing's guaranteed no one's guaranteed it tomorrow and if you fucking put two oscar winning one oscar winning actor two institutions in their field in cats and then they die that's on (laughs) you bro it's a big responsibility (laughs) yeah you gotta think about this stuff. <sighs> also, Bud Court was in this movie. Like who? Harold of Harold and Maude played oh. uh, the one the one eyed guy with a squeaky voice. Ooh, that guy was rough stuff. Yeah, oh, it was brutal. It was hard to watch. I mean, he was a human cartoon though, so he clearly was in a movie that he, he thought there was a younger demographic straight away. Everyone else yeah. came to that conclusion later. Also, yeah. oh, I read to the back. a couple trivia things. Uh, one, that everyone involved thought, I think acting next to Theodore Rex, thought that he would be um, computer enhanced later, like that they would fix <laughs> some stuff in post. And I'm not saying that he looks bad, because <clears throat> really, like, the, the puppetry was not the problem. It right. was of the every- problems of this movie, this is... That's so low. I would say that that was pretty sound. It didn't look that bad. But it is funny and sad to think about everyone looking at him, interacting with him, acting opposite him, and being like, it's going to get better. <laughs> Narrator's voice, it would not get better. 
And then the other thing was that um, apparently so many people quit and broke contract that Whoopi Goldberg was quoted as saying, by the last day of shooting, like 99% of the crew was different than the first day of shooting. Can you imagine just what that would be like? And what how jealous she was when she was like, <laughs> oh my God. like Contractually y- forbade? Yeah, no one else got sued for 20 mil. I could have been that guy. Like, if I just worked for craft services, I would be out right now, living my like life. A, like, how bad does it have to be for, like, the key grip to walk off set? Like, I know. Like, the the culture must have been so toxic in addition to the movie being garbage. Like, you hope at least when you see something like this that everyone was having fun. Yeah. And the impression is that nobody could be having fun in this. There's a desperation that really emanates off sc- from the screen. It, yeah. You can really feel the stink of people making compromises and uh, right and just kind of please like this, please like me. I I'll just I'll talk through it. Let me just talk through it. Yeah, my agent said that this wouldn't show up in my CV later. Like I won't have <laughs> to list this on my <laughs> credits. It's gonna be fine. Just get through the day. Dude, whew, yeah, this one. This one had me at odds with, with film itself. And um, I would recommend that no one watch it because yeah, if, you try, if you try, you're going to turn it off. I, this is a rough watch. I, not... I voluntarily watch a lot of shitty shit because I'm, I'm a pig. I'm down in the muck. I, I like getting dirty with a good, bad movie. And this one did not scratch that itch. This one was just painful. It, it occupies an interesting space where, like, it's, it is not only dissimilar from the, like, outlandishly terrible, but in a fun way, like, uh, The Quickening, mm-hmm. or to some degree, like, uh, Sgt. Pepper. Yeah, yeah. Like, I want somebody to watch it. It's also different from the, like, uh, Head in the Clouds, or, uh, what was the, Serena? I was trying to remember that. Yeah, the yeah. J-Law joint. The J-Law one. Uh-huh. Uh, where all of those were like, uh, or Grand Isle, where it's like, there's, they're just, they're like trying to be a good movie, but they're missing the mark in kind of an uncanny valley way. Yeah. And this was like neither of those. It's just, it's just like spending time with a really nervous, unpleasant person. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is what like, it's like. That's it's, what it's, it's like. It's rough. It's a rough experience. Like, you're basically babysitting oh my God. a movie. Do you know what this is like? This is like watching bad stand-up. That's exactly what it's like. It's a full-body embarrassment that you can't shake because you can't walk out. And in our case, we've forced ourselves. We've uh-huh. shackled ourselves to the chair in the front row. And we're just experiencing another person's like mortified, nervous energy. And you're mm-hmm. just captive to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. What's, but I can't. What I can't get past is that all of that was an intentional decision, right? It's not an actual human being's nervous energy. No. It is a person who was paid to live inside of a dinosaur costume <laughs> and make those sounds for ninety minutes. Yeah. Like that was the, that was an intentional decision. That wasn't somebody bombing. That was a studio getting behind somebody bombing and writing it. Yeah, there's no ad lib. Like, every part of it is scripted to the point where they were, like, they they did take three, take four. Nope, run it again. We're going to line read you through this because we want it a certain way. (laughs) And we want it this way. 
the amount of time and the amount of money that's just dripping off the walls in this terrible right. thing is like there are no excuses. If this movie was made for like one point five million dollars and there were a bunch of no names in it and some person who won an Oscar ten years later, but this was their first thing and it was in the early nineties, like it's hard to shit all over it as much. But there's just no room for excuses. Mm-hmm. It just yeah, couldn't. This, it just this shouldn't is a have studio done this. Just stepping in it, yeah, hardcore, yeah, and and all the things that sucked about it the most were the things they could have fixed in post. Yeah, like right, you could have redone all of that dialogue. <laughs> you could have just ADR'd this into being a normal movie that I could have sat through and been like, "Ah, eh, this look a little shitty." Yeah, <laughs> but instead, the ADR made me physically rebel against sitting and looking at it and i had to just like i was just like beating my fist against a pillow like it's almost over it's almost over nope 40 more minutes we got this the shadow boxing by myself profoundly exhausting yeah Yeah. hate it yeah i'm worn out happy birthday to me by the way happy birthday to you (laughs) (laughs) i'm so it's very satisfying that i chose it because what could be more fitting than me getting to pick the thing that I watch mm-hmm. on my birthday mm-hmm. and me doing the worst thing. It's the most Michelle decision that there could uh-huh. possibly be. <laughs> like your own personal intellectual body horror. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, I mean, like, if we're being real, like, if I had picked cats, that's indulgent. That's, like, what I want mm-hmm. to watch. My, I'm drawn <laughs> towards that with every fiber of my being because I've seen it, like, four times. This is, like, it's just... I feel like cosmically, karmically, I needed to experience this just to teach me a little lesson like, oh, here you go, you little grub. You like bad movies? <laughs> you like them? You say you do? Guess what? <laughs> I, I, in, its, in your defense in choosing this, everything about the cover of this suggested it was going to be fun and ridiculous. And the trailer made it look fun and ridiculous, too. Yeah. There's nothing about it that suggests that this is going to make you want to claw your fucking eyes out and jump True. out a window. Yeah. But it surely does. It certainly does. <laughs> uh, well. Well. I mean, I'm happy that I got to talk about this with you because it was a cathartic experience that I very much needed on this day. Mm-hmm. And, hey, you know what? Sometimes birthdays are a day to take stock of the passing of time (laughs) and how precious it is. (laughs) How important and useful 90 minutes can be or not. Yes. You know, and so, like, 365 days sounds really abstract, but when you start to think about the hours individually and what one of those can mean to you, or Mm -hmm. specifically 90 minutes can mean to you, you know, really likes to take stock and appreciate the little things. Thank you for this gift. You're so welcome. You're so very welcome. So that was Theodore Rex. We uh, did it. We we sure did. Please, nobody do it. Yeah, no one uh, do it. Like, let no. this be a warning. I hope it was Trust fun us. hearing me, like, low-key lose my mind. And I don't want that to happen to you at all. No one do yeah. it. So I guess until next time, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be Henry. I will still be Michelle. An experiment and fast forward into the future of acting. <laughs> <laughs>